Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Again, and he's got it. Gavin was closing in. Oh, Gavin has scored! Abdul against Brad Jones to put Liverpool out of the cup and not at the three. Hello, and welcome to It's All Cobblers to Me. I'm Charles Commons, and with me to look back at the playoff first leg 2 1 defeat at Mansfield is my very good friend and fellow Cobblers fanatic, Danny Brothers. How are you, Danny? You okay, mate? Hello, I'm all right, I think. <laughs> I'm on edge, Charles. Oh, on the edge of your seat? On the edge of my seat. Get I'll a cushion behind you, sit back, relax for an hour. I can't, I can't. There's still, still 90 minutes of torture, madness, and maybe more. You never know. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm okay, I think. That's good to hear, that's good to hear. I forgot how much the playoffs just draw you in emotionally, and I thought I was okay going into it, but then as soon as... <laughs> As soon as the teams come out, like, oh, shit, <laughs> playoffs again. Yeah, and it just, uh, yeah. there was me thinking, oh, this will be easy. Uh, how wrong what was, was your that? 5-0 prediction? <laughs> yeah, oh, it was brilliant, wasn't it? I'm, I'm, I'm the prediction king, you know that. <laughs> <laughs> All of our patriots know that. Yeah. Uh, ridiculous. Also joining us is a very special guest. You've already heard him on last week's episode of the preview show, and now... It's my pleasure to welcome Craig Priest of Mansell Matters to our flagship show. Yes. Welcome, Craig. How are you? I'm very good, thank you. I feel I feel on top of the world. I feel like I've got a little promotion at work. It's great, this. I'm <laughs> loving it. It's really great. Hopefully, it's, it's the only often. promotion you're going to get. But you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> To be honest, I'm sure we'll come on to this later, but I don't think you, you're far wrong. You were talking about being on the edge of your seat and feeling nervy. I think we're two on up, and I feel more nervy than what you do. So, yeah, it's going to be a, it's going to be a tense few days, isn't it? It definitely is. Charles, is this the first opposition fan to break the seal of the main show? Kind of. I mean, when we first started, if you remember, we always used to have like a 10-minute section at the end yes, of the main pod. Yeah. Where, but that was always a pre-recorded thing. So I would ask mm. the fans to sort of send me a voice note or something and just answer a few questions. So I think this is possibly the first time that 
is it like the third wall has been broken through? Yeah. <laughs> it's something like that, yeah. yeah. Fourth wall. Fourth uh, wall. Either, either way, I'm, I'm very, I'm very grateful and uh, and and honoured to to join you guys tonight again. I had a real laugh last time, and uh, looking forward to it tonight. Whatever happens on the pitch, doing this uh, with you guys over the couple of games that we've played each other this season has been a, been a pleasure. So, looking forward to it again. Oh, mate, it's lovely to have you here. Look, before we start and before we get into it, uh, as I said before, we've been making It's All Cobblers to Me now for nearly four years. And pretty much every episode has been recorded on Zencaster, who are this week's sponsors. Yes, we've got a sponsor. Look at that. Uh, Zencaster is an all-in-one podcast production suite that gives you studio quality audio and video if you want it. Good job we don't. Without needing all the technical know-how. It records each guest locally, then you upload the crystal clear audio and video right into the suite. So you've then got high quality raw materials to work with. And that's basically how I edit this show together every single week. If you want to go and try your hand at Zencaster, you can get a 30% discount off Zencaster Professional. Just go to zen.ai forward slash it's all cobblers to me. That's zen.ai forward slash it's all cobblers to me. And thanks again to Zencaster for sponsoring this episode and the next few that you hear as well. They're going to be there too. Um, but that's enough of that. We've got important things to talk about. Um, obviously, on Saturday night, after the FA Cup final, um, which I thought was never going to end, by the way, talk about nail-biting, not for the reasons that Liverpool and uh, Chelsea fans will have been doing it, but for the fact that I genuinely thought I'm not going to have time to either watch the end of that match or I might miss the beginning of the cobble. That was never going to happen, in fairness. But, uh, I've lost interest in <laughs> yeah, extra time. I'm not surprised, Danny, know. to be honest with you. <laughs> it was dreadful. Um, so, uh, it wasn't, thankfully, uh, after the Lord Mayor's show. If anything, the playoff semi-final was better than the FA Cup yeah. final. What's the Lord Mayor's show? Uh, well, um, what, what actually in, is involved in a Lord Mayor's show? I, I imagine that Chessie would know. <laughs> It's true. Town crier, are we thinking? Yeah, Isn't I, it something like maypoles and cake? Something like that? Is that, is that it? It's I mean, got I mean, to be. That, that, that's me. I'm going. You're going. All you need is a giant book festival to go alongside yeah. it, isn't it, Nanny? <laughs> it is. I, I imagine there's some sort of ceremonial cutting of a ribbon somewhere along the line. Yeah, some, some well, mayor will be getting out of their office, won't they, and getting, uh, getting the one day's work a, a year done. Yeah, so. yeah. Popping on the chains. Yeah, that's the one, yeah. Make, yeah. Making himself look all important. Really, they're just working the local Asda, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, let's get into it. Danny, initial mm. thoughts. 2-1 defeat, obviously, at Field Mill. Yeah. How do you feel about it now? What are your initial thoughts about that result? Um, honestly, probably would have taken it before the game because I'm that nervous <laughs> about it. I would have, I, th- I say before the game, I'd take anything up to a one-goal defeat because mm-hmm. then you're taking it back to the second leg and really creating an atmosphere and having that atmosphere to look forward to where you're fighting for something. Like you're the worst thing that could possibly happen is to lose three or four nil, which at some point during the night I thought we were gonna and I thought it was gonna all be over. And I know we've had big playoff comebacks in the past, but I honestly thought we were gonna lose that and be drifted away and be out of sight and just not be able to come back. So for it to be two one, I'm I'm okay with it. I know Neil's very pleased. As he said on our <laughs> WhatsApp group. <laughs> Incredibly pissed last night. Um, said I am pleased. Every every sort of half an hour or so, it'd come up. I think it was probably one about two in the morning as well. Lads, lads, I'm pleased. <laughs> it really <laughs> I think was. After, and after that first half, 
if you'd have given me two one, I would have bit your hand off, Charles. God yeah. Um, God yeah. Oh, in, I think I, I did thinking... bite my hand off at one point oh, yeah, well, to stop the swearing. Yeah. <laughs> it was just one of them where you, you, could, do, you, you just could have got away with swearing. I couldn't swear. I was doing live commentary. You tried to be a fan. Everything that's like an half trying not to swear. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how you do it. I'll be honest. Oh, I really it, don't know. It was it was even worse last night because obviously Talksport have got commentary rights for the playoffs, and I had Matt Murray sat next to me. You know what what, what he's like. He's a huge, huge unit, isn't he? And I'm the, I get quite animated when I'm commentating. I try and like head every ball, especially when something's on the line. So at one point, me and Matt Murray were nearly scrapping. So ah. <laughs> <laughs> all I in like, good fun, though. I have to say, all in good yeah. fun. I like the thought of that. It's like right, <laughs> local Mansfield radio takes on national sports coverage provider. Well, they're using our line, so I could have any point just ripped the cable out. Like but I would never do that. I'm not that type of person. But Matt Murray was one elbow away. I'm not. I'm not going to lie, I'm only joking. Though. I'm pretty sure, you know, one of, one of the producers at TalkSport is a Cobblers fan. I'm pretty sure <laughs> of that. So uh, he definitely listened, so he will have heard you. <laughs> it was all in good banter, though, to be fair. We had a right, we had a right laugh at half-time. It was brilliant, to be fair. Do you sit near the opposition commentators? Just depends where you get put um, in terms of, uh, like, ISDM points and stuff like that without being overly geeky. just depends on where port, ports are and what seats you get allocated, but... Yeah, it just so happened last night because they were sharing our port. They were sat next to us. So, yeah, it was mm. it was quite fun. But I said to them before the game, I went, I'm going to pre-warn you now. I get quite animated because I'm a Mansfield fan at heart. Obviously, I'm a broadcaster, but I'm a Mansfield fan at heart. So, I'll pre-warn you. And at half-time, we were all laughing, saying, you weren't wrong, were you? I was like, nope. <laughs> you wait till the second half. <laughs> Let me know CPR because I'm telling you, you might need it. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, what about you then, Craig? How, uh, what is your initial reaction to the overall result, that 2-1 victory for you guys. I mean, I imagine you were happier at half-time. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I really am a big advocate of playoff games ending after 45 minutes. We don't need two legs. Let's just play <laughs> half a game. Let's just, just do it there and then. No, I thought we were tremendous the first half. And in, in actual truth, we should have absolutely buried you and been out of sight. But in typical Mansfield fashion, we are nowhere near clinical enough. And this is what will cost us. I've said it time and time again. We're just not good enough when it when it comes to it. Two really well-worked goals lifted the roof off of one course stadium, which was great to see. But we had chance after chance after chance and we should have really, really put it out of sight. And then second half, you know, you guys got the reaction which you wanted. I'm sure your manager would have wanted as well. And, you know, we had a, had a chance to let 2-0 where Maxted saved one from Reese Oates. I think if Oates puts that in the top corner and Maxted doesn't get a touch, I think it's game over. That sort of gave you a lift. And when you got the goal back, we were clinging on for our lives. You know, to, to credit John Joe O'Toole and Ollie Hawkins, they threw everything on the yeah. line. But yet, but yet again, we you know we we put in a few dodgy challenges. We were second to a lot of balls. We sort of didn't have the confidence we had in that first half. And in the end, we were very very relieved to get to that full time whistle with a a two one advantage. So it's all to play for in the second leg. And if I'm going to be honest, if there's any advantage, I actually think it's with you guys. Yes, we've got the one goal, which is is going to be critical, but. It, the way Mansfield are away from home, we've really got to approach this mentality-wise, actually. This might sound a bit stupid, but we've actually got to approach it like we're the ones that are a goal down. We've got to come out and fight because I think it's there for you guys to take. So, uh, yeah, be interesting to see how it unfolds. But overall, it was uh, it was nice to get the two goals, but uh, I, I just wish it had, uh, we'd have replicated that first-half performance. What about those goals? We were obviously watching on Sky, 
So we had the pleasure of Lee Hendry on Cocoms. <laughs> oh, yeah. um, Use that word loosely. <laughs> yep. Uh, <laughs> <certainly> <laughs> do. Uh, <laughs> uh, what did you? So the first goal. There's from a cobbler's perspective, there seems to be a little bit of controversy around was uh, Oates offside or not. Now, the Sky commentary team didn't just said it was tight. The guys in the studio, Keith Curl and and uh, God knows why he was there. Alan okay. McLean. From- <laughs> was Curl, was, I've, I've not I've not watched the footage back yet. Was Curl pundit? Was he? Yeah, he was, yeah, was in the studio. Now, yeah. Natural <laughs> choice, isn't he, ex manager? We were playing Keith Curl bingo on WhatsApp. <laughs> <laughs> I need in. I need. To, I need in if he's in the second leg. I need in for that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was um, it was one of those where they just kept saying, "Oh, it's just tight." The thing that annoys me is that. Sky Sports, if that was a Premier League match or, you know, an England international or whatever, they'd have analysed that. They'd have put a line on the bloody pitch. They'd have done loads of stuff. Not necessarily in-game, but at half-time and full-time. They'd have done it. And instead, all they did was just go, well, it's a bit tight. Yeah, it's because they know they can't, isn't it? For, for this, like, but, I mean, I, they, you don't need to have VAR to put... Just just, no, just get your no, production okay. team to draw a line on the flaming pitch. <laughs> get your ruler out. Get your ruler out, draw it along the pitch, and prove Um, that he's at least a yard offside. (laughs) I didn't think it was that obvious. No, it wasn't. To be fair, it was was tight. (laughs) But I'm not liking how much the the players have come out after the game and been like, oh, we've been discussing this in the dressing room. Everyone's in uproar, up in arms, because they said it was offside. I think just get over it, because it's one of them. In the league, probably no one bats an eyelid, because we don't get the benefit of watching it on Sky. If you're in the ground that night and it's not on TV... It probably doesn't get mentioned again. Um, I think we just got to get on with it because it's one of them tight decisions that's going to go either way. So, yeah, and I thought right. Koiki was a bit at fault as well, probably for both goals. Actually, Ooh. Ooh. both both fullbacks in the first half concerned me a lot, and Koiki's. Def- I was absolutely raging at Koiki all of the first half, and then he did what he did second half, yeah. and I was like, "Ah, oh, I told you he was. <laughs> told you he could do the business. Never in doubt." It's one of those. Do you, do you feel like? Maybe Brady's shoehorning Mills in on the basis that because because McGazza's not fit, obviously, and that's why he's not played at right back. Why not go with Harriman? I mean, Harriman's yeah, was, a natural right-footed, right-footed defender. Yeah. The only thing I can think of is delivery, and because we rely on a lot in terms of balls into the box, getting Mills, onto his left Mills' his delivery is not yeah, yeah, enough, yeah. especially it not is. from the right. Yeah, I mean, once he gets his on his left foot and swings one in, that's probably what he's thinking. That's all I can think of because positionally, he just doesn't. He looks awkward, doesn't he, on the right hand side? And I'm not, I don't feel comfortable about it at all. And it didn't make it any better that Epi was out as well or on the bench because mm. Kanu wasn't up to standard either. No, um, and I don't think he has been for his entire time here. I think it's whatever it is, fitness or or whatever. He just doesn't. He's not the option there. Um, I think that I, th- I I want to be a little bit kinder to him i know that i know that there are several people listening right now who will just be going no send him back get rid of him don't want to see him in a cobbler shirt ever again i and i appreciate that however the one thing that i will say is that he basically managed to play well he started one match before this one and in that match uh is that was his last because he, he played with a broken jaw during that match yeah um and then he's had eight weeks out He's had no time to really settle into this team, and it doesn't really matter. I don't buy into this team. I know you can you can train and you can train and you can train and you can train, but there is nothing like playing actual matches to get your eye in. 
and to get a feel for how this team actually operates and, and how all your teammates work during a match situation. And I think it just shows that he's not had that time to essentially gel with the rest of the team. And the fact is, he's, I, I don't really think he is a right winger. I was quite surprised. No, I don't really know what it is, though. No, well, I I thought he was more of a number ten. So yeah. I was I was a bit when when I when the team was announced, I was expecting Kanu in the number ten role with Pinnock and Hoskins on either wing. Mm. But for some reason, well, I say for some reason, we know why he kept Pinnock in that sort of you know drift wherever he wants to go. He can yeah, go I, there. I, that, yeah, he's grown into that role, I think, as well, Pinnock. Mm. Um, and I just think, and we probably, oh, we haven't got really anybody else who can play there for Kanu's position if Epi is out, have we? So it's probably the only option he had at that point. Yeah. Um, the other thing I would suggest maybe is putting Hoskins there, put Koike up, put Mills across the other side, and then put Neil in right back. Mm. So, but that's a lot of shuffling to do. Yeah. Um, and maybe, hopefully, maybe that is actually all it is. Maybe it's a simple case of... It's just trying to get... Bit yeah. of, and Mills has played there for the last few games as well, hasn't he, since Asamagaz has been out. So it's... And it's it, it, you just tell he's not defensively okay on that side. And I think Mansfield exploited it a lot. Yeah. Um, it's And it just it worried me. It made me nervous the entire time. <laughs> Were you happy, Craig, when you saw that Epia was out? Um, I didn't think it made much difference, to be honest. I think um, the way Mansfield sort of line up, we, we always have that thing at home. Where it doesn't matter what 11 you put out in front of us. He's an absolute handful. Um, of course he is. But uh, on home soil, it doesn't make too much difference. I think I'd have been I'd been much uh, happier on Wednesday if uh, if he's not in the team. Put it that way, because uh, like I say, we're a different animal at, away from home than at home. So uh, it was a handful, and um, when he came on, I thought he was a, a handful anyway. So I was very surprised he didn't start. And like you said, talking about Mills there, I've always uh, watched him as a centre half, and so I was very surprised when I saw him on the right hand side as well. And uh, I think you're right, we exploited it, but not enough. Yeah, well, that's it, isn't it? I mean, because <laughs> the one thing that I will say is that your your front two were fantastic in that first half. Yeah. And I, I felt like Bowery bullied us. Mm. And it was just so quick for, from you guys. It was, it, uh, it like, to me, sorry, Craig, I know you're going to jump in. I was... Um, it was so clinical in terms of the movement. Like it wasn't necessarily pile on like all over us kind of thing. But when I think when Mansfield got the ball, it was so clinical and so like you knew exactly what you were doing, and it was power into the front line, power through, get your get your movement going. And it it really I thought that's when I thought we were going to lose three or four nil because it just looked like you're so switched on, especially with Oates. Is I mm. think is a quality player, um, and him getting in behind just worried us the entire time. Anybody who runs in behind us, we don't deal very well with and uh, I just thought it was going to be one of them that just went out of sight because um, it, it felt like you were just so switched on and I think you just lost that momentum second half yeah we, well 100% we did we didn't react to you guys reacting um, the first half though like you say about Reese and Jordan Barry we've tried a, a number of you know different front pairings and you look back at our fixtures and our results and it's not a coincidence that when we started to dip a few times in a few games uh, a couple of months ago 
Reese Oates wasn't in the lineup uh, because he was out injured. He had a, a knock for a long time and it really did knock us. He's the only player we've got that's in double figures and, and that's not good enough if you're a top seven team for me. You need at least two players that are contributing with at least you know 10 or 12 each. He is a lightning player though. He's very, very quick and uh, that's one of the best games that I've seen Reese Oates have for us. He scored a lot, a lot of goals for us. Doesn't score tap-ins at all. He's not a fox in the box, but he's very, very lightning quick. He'll turn players on a sixpence on the halfway line. He'll drive forward. One of the best goals I've seen him score this season was at home against Colchester, where he pretty much picked the ball up on the edge of his own box, ran the length of the pitch and then killed it in from the edge of the box. Lightning player and scares defenders ragged, but a lot of that comes from Jordan Bowery. And he is one who... You know, there's always a player, isn't there, in a team who, who kept, gets the abuse from the fans. And Jordan Barry, when he first signed for us last season, was was that player. Oh, he's useless. He doesn't score enough goals. He doesn't do enough. His work rate's rubbish and all this. Well, he, he'll pull players out. He'll go and he'll drop deep to collect. He'll hold the ball up. He'll knock little balls into into Quinny down the left and, and get Murphy involved. He'll spread down the right-hand side. He'll stretch the game. But also in the last three or four games as, as well, He's got into some really good areas. And actually, the second goal we scored, his, his goal typified the way he plays, the little bit of movement he has just to drop off at the far post, take defenders away from him and just put the ball into the back of the net was uh, was beautiful for us. But he's a, a real handful. The, the, the big thing for me will be whether we can do it away from home because we don't play the same the same way we do. That electric sort of passing movement we have at home, like we showed in the first half, down that left-hand side is a real, real... You know, key part of how we play. But having watched us on that first game, your manager and your coaching staff will be well aware of that, and they'll look to try and combat that if if they can. And we don't really have another way we can play. So, uh, yeah, if we uh, if we get closed off down that left hand side, it'll be very very diff- diff- difficult. All I'd say is, uh, if if Reesoaps gets the ball on the edge of his own penalty area, I'd still be worried because if he gets into a bit of space, how he didn't score that third second half beyond me. But there you go. I think. Because one of the things that was worrying for me was how high we were playing, Danny. Yeah. It was yeah. to be away from home and doing that, it, it, it petrified me. To make it worse, I don't think we learned from the mistake because <laughs> I think it was, you know, I, I understand why we're doing it. We're trying to put pressure on the opposition as high up the pitch as we can do. But when you've got somebody like Oates, who is lightning quick and good with the ball at his feet as well, it's just. It's asking for trouble, and that's mm. and I know we've got Koiki, who is extremely quick, but I just I, you cannot rely on that on a you know on recovery constantly, time after time after time. Yeah, and that might be another reason why we played Mills there because he's at least got a little bit of pace, rather than Harriman probably hasn't got the pace to keep up with him. Poor Michael um, Harriman. That. <laughs> Get him in there. <laughs> um, I don't know what the latest is with Azamagaza. Is he? Is he definitely out second leg? I don't think he's definitely out. No, no. There, there's t- potential, but and even I'd... if we just have him, if we have Epi back, back in front of him, because Epi can hold onto the ball as well. I think that's one of the mm. part of the problem that Kanu had is that he, he wasn't holding the, on the onto no. the ball as much as Epi can, and Epi can hold off players and pick a pass at least not invite the pressure on like we were doing that down that side. Um, so if we've got that, if we've got Epia there and if we've got Magaza back and if we've got Roberts in goal, mm. then, I mean, by the way, I, I don't think little Johnny Max said did himself no any harm. I don't, I, I mean, I don't think he was terrible. Did you guys know about his previous Mansfield record? No, <laughs> go on. So the last time that uh, Johnny Max played against the Stags at one Stadium, he was for Accrington Stanley and he conceded six. 
Oh, there you go. So uh, we were quite we were quite confident when uh, Liam Roberts got sent off, but we're not now. So I remember listening to the highlights of uh, the game (laughs) from the the game in the league, and again another one where we should have absolutely buried you. But again, Roberts had a storming game, so you guys will be buzzing to get him back, won't you? You'll be absolutely buzzing. Poor Johnny Max dead. Oh yeah, Yeah. totally. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I I thought he did all right. I don't think he was like world beating. The first one we would have been. Annoyed at the first one, I think, beating him through his legs. Yeah. Um, but in general, I don't think he was terrible. No. And um, I, again, I, 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 again, I go back to that thing of like, he's been thrown in, he's had to come in. And I think he did a good job on that basis. I think if he got a run in the side, I think he would improve and, and you know. He's, yeah, it's just, it's just confident and he's yeah. a confident keeper. And he's, but the, the problem is that we've had Roberts all season, who's yeah. been amazing. So exactly. It's, and there's you know, your issue as well. When you probably. When you play a sorry, when you play a, a keeper every single game, the back four becomes settled, and it's very difficult when you play in mm. in, a, in an environment like that, away from home, where the pressure's on. You know, there's a lot riding on the game for a different keeper to come in and get settled early doors. And then when you get a team like we did, who come out on the front foot, it's hard to settle. Had it been like a nil-nil at half time, I think you'd have seen a better performance from him because he'd have been settled into the game. But he had no time to, and yeah. you've got to, you know, you've got to credit us for that really because we didn't. I think that was the instruction: get out and put him and the defence under pressure because, you know, there's an element of trust there when you have a goalkeeper over a long amount of time. And, you know, that's why you guys have have done so well. Best defence in the league, aren't you, with uh, only 38 conceded? Mm -hmm. Is it 20, 21 clean sheets? Yeah, 21. All Mm -hmm. Roberts, obviously. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) But, yeah, you see, this is the thing, is that recently we have given away goals. Um, I don't... When was our last clean sheet? Would that have been... Uh, clean sheet. Oh, we had dinner at Orient extra barrow. We didn't, did we? Uh, no, it was the one before that, I think. Yeah. yeah. So it's been it's been a few games. So I mean, out of that, the one thing that I would say is that we're due one. <laughs> so maybe, maybe. <laughs> well, we need one. If you get one on Wednesday, and as long as we get one, I'm happy. So you know, it's fine. So <laughs> as long as we can have one as yeah. well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've started to get a lot more confident in us scoring goals now, though. The last few weeks, mm. at least, I, I can see us scoring goals in every game now. Whereas you, you say that when after the game we played against Mansfield in the past, in the six weeks ago, six games ago, we didn't look like scoring. We did didn't we? look like scoring at all. No. I feel like we've got a goal or two in us now. I'm a lot more confident about that side of things now. We just we just got to make sure we concentrate at the other end. And uh, speaking of goals, um, mm. it's it's a shame, really. That Where is Jeffy? We need her. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Ali Koike gets his first cobbler's goal. <laughs> and I've literally written here, Jeffy was right. <laughs> well, what was she right about? Just the fact that he would score an important goal in probably the playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> uh, or right at the end of the season to send us up. So, I mean, I, I think it's about time he scored, really. Let's be honest. He's had a few attempts. And I, I know that there's a deflection. I know that if the deflection doesn't happen, uh, I think... The keeper saves it fairly comfortably, but there was a deflection and it went in. So, hurrah. They all count. Um, Exactly. They all count. Nobody will see at the end of the season that there was a deflection. It will just say goal, Koiki. And that's what we like to see. Um, I I did think that, like you said, um, Danny, I don't think he had the best of games in the first half. No, he always worries me defensively, Koiki. He relies on his pace. He that, does, and that's good. That's a good thing because he gets us back and he gets the recoveries in, but and he's a threat at the other end. So it's that payoff, isn't it, of 
you, is, is good going forward, but questionable positionally wise, I think, has always a bit been a bit questionable. Mm-hmm. And the second goal, again, I think he's just been caught out. Uh, he looks at the man, Bowery, and then just lets him go. Yeah, he didn't seem to know he was there, despite having looked. It was almost, maybe he looked and saw straight through him and didn't realise he was actually yeah. there. Cause I, maybe, I, I think maybe the, the save must have pushed mm. the ball out a little bit. Can I just um, read Jeffy's reaction to you, Charles? Of course. Just as can. a reminder on our WhatsApp group. Mm. Um, so Craig, um, Jeffy is our co-host. She is in love with Koiki, or Koki as Sky. Oh, God. Like just, just, just call just, his name right for yeah, goodness there's, sake. There's literally an eye in there. There's, there's just... anyway. Um, so Jeffy's reaction. This was a nine oh three yesterday. Cookadoo, <laughs> Oh, no, that was you, Charles. And then Jeffy, the king, all the English in capital letters. Um, cometh the hour, cometh the king. Brilliant. <laughs> She's uh, enjoyed it. I, I think she enjoyed it. Yeah, I think she enjoyed it. I mean, the only thing that was missing from all of that, um, very well read, Danny. Thanks. The only thing was uh, that was missing was, um, you know, Neil Poir. <laughs> Definitely sounds like, oh. hello, hello, Turin, this is Moscow calling. Oh, no, we're not yeah. there. Oops. Uh- <laughs> who was it who said afterwards, um, was it with the Mansfield players who said in, one of, in the Sky interview, oh, it's it's good to get over London and get the three points, and he corrected himself. Oh, yes. Yeah, did, after, yeah. He's like, it's good, good oh, to get God, the three points. Oh, no, who, who did the interview? No. Was, that, was it Oates? I can't remember who it was. Was it in my yeah, night? It yeah, could have been like, Oates, yeah. Yeah, yeah we got so. Hawkins, so yeah, yeah. we got Hawkins for, for normal press, so yeah, it would have been Oates, but oh, bless him. He's, yeah. So this is what happens, you know, when you run lightning quick and you, you know, you just, everything's a blur, so it's, uh, yeah, he won't be the first, he won't be the last. Because to be fair, I'm going to hold my hands up now. I said it in commentary as well. I want to uh, actually, just while we're on the, the point of the interviews, Nigel Clough wasn't very happy. I mean, I'm not sure he ever is, I'll be honest. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I know that I caused a bit, a bit of controversy with you, Danny, because I quite like him. Um, whereas you, you're not a fan. Not a fan. Um, I feel like he I, moans a lot. Well, I mean, I mean, John Brady moans a lot as well. Yeah, I was going to say he's our manager. So. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Um, I wanted because obviously you're. I, t- I take it you spoke to Cluffy after the game, did you, yeah. Craig? What yeah, was he? Yeah. What was his? Reaction. I know he wasn't very happy with the referee, but then again, none of us were. I don't think. Yeah, that's for for Cluffy and for me. That's a, that's a conversation we have every bloody week. So it's it's that's that's no different. But yeah, he, he was a little bit disappointed with that. He was very disappointed with the way we defended in the second half, and rightly so because again, like we've said we've said earlier, we should we should have been out of sight by half time. And you know, if we come out and we even replicate that in the first ten minutes and get another goal, it's probably a different tie completely in the second leg. But he's always uh, like that nicely. He's, he's very methodical. He, he thinks it'll be a different story when we speak to him uh, at the press conference before the second leg. Looking forward to that. He always sort of have time to think. He's a he always does his press very quickly after the game as well, which I can I think sometimes is um, it can go one or two ways. Um, there's certainly been times where he doesn't hold back. Even I've interviewed him after, in fact after games where we've won and played really really well. But he picks up on the negatives and he, he will he will emphasise those points. He's very much like his dad in terms of there's that perfectionist there. There's always that strive to be one or two better than what you actually are. And I quite like that in some terms. I can see why some people 
don't like the way he constantly criticises referees and things like that. But he always does it with a smirk and always does it with a, a smile. And he always backs it up with facts, to be fair. Um, I wasn't at this particular press conference, but there was one a few weeks ago. I think it was after the Carlisle game. We would had a, ter- a, ter- a, a horrendous Easter weekend. We'd lost to Sutton. The home record had gone. Um, then we'd gone up to Carlisle and, and, and ended up drawing there. I think we lost there. Um, and we had a, a clear goal not given. Uh, but again, we should have been three or four goals. But that's irrelevant anyway. But he comes out after the game in the press conference after. And he before he even answers any questions, he sits down with the press, um, from what I'm told from my colleagues at the radio, and presents this uh, dossier of moments of where the officials have been wrong and backs it with evidence. So he's not just the, the sort of manager like some we could mention who... Um, who aren't employed anymore by certain clubs, sort of uh, in the, you know, airport area. If we get where I'm crawling to, um, he, he, he <laughs> shut his sort of uh, mouth off. He, he he does back it up with methodical evidence, so it's quite interesting. But after the game, he was a relieved to get through with some form of advantage, and he wanted to emphasise that point. But be very cautious of going into a second leg, where he knows everything will be on the line. And like we've said a number of times. Had we been sort of speaking after a one game where it would have been a win and it would have been three points on the board, it'd have been completely different. But it's only half time in the tie. So I think that's where sort of Clough's coming from with, with his comments. And I think your manager will probably be the same. I have to admit, I've not had a chance to, to watch the, the, the footage back on Sky yet. So I've not seen his interview. It will be something I do before the second leg. But I imagine, you know, he'll take tremendous heart from the way you guys performed in the second half as well. So uh, it's all to play for. It certainly is. I quite enjoyed that Nigel Clough was asked about the referee and the answer that he gave was, well, it's no different to what we've had all season. That was his answer, which is absolutely, it's a great answer. Absolutely brilliant answer because essentially we all, everybody watching will have seen that the referee wasn't very good and there were, I mean, we've not even talked about the couple of penalty decisions that weren't weren't given uh, at both ends. There were decisions, and I, I think he was as bad for you as he was for us. So I'm not suggesting that um, it, he was one sided necessarily, but you know there were there were times when you sort of looked at things. Fraser Horsfall getting pulled down in the box and then getting the free kick given the other way, and I just sort of I'm looking at it and going, I, I can't understand how a decision has been made. That way round, I, I know that's, that it's a, the easier decision to make. Isn't yeah, it? but it's, surely the easier decision is just to not give anything. Well, the referee in standard at League yeah. Two is is shambolic. It, it absolutely is, and yeah, it Clough, is. It, it's the same for both teams. You know, you said a couple of instances there. I happen to agree with them, but also there's a, a couple of instances for us. Um, you know, where we're not getting free kicked, where we're getting yellow cards and, and things like that. But it's one of those, isn't it? Across the board, across this season. Like Clough said in, in his press a number of times, so many incidences about referees where they're getting decisions wrong. And then he starts talking about the top level. And he's got a point in what he says. There's obviously VAR and stuff at the, the very top level. But how do you get... There's still people in who are you know behind the VAR who are getting decisions wrong. And the reason they're getting the decisions wrong is they don't know what they're looking for. And that's a huge, huge problem all across referees. I've got tremendous respect for referees at grassroots level because they'll take tremendous amount of dogs abuse. But it's interesting, isn't it? You know, when you think about pathways out of football, once a player is retired from playing, not one goes into refereeing, not one. And that says a lot about, uh, about it, doesn't it? Because 
it's such a horrendous place to be and it's such a weight of responsibility but you've got referees who don't know what they're looking for or are thinking in the moment and they, they give him one thing for, for one side but then an incident happens 30 seconds late which is exactly the same but it's given in another way it's it's so difficult and I think whoever takes the whistle I've not seen the appointment for Wednesday yet whoever takes the whistle is going to have Bobby, to be a bit Bobby strong. Madley Bobby Madley yeah. is it oh, okay I need to have a look yeah. at mm. I think you had him on the last day didn't you yeah, it was. Yeah, we did have him on the uh, the final day of the season. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I was quite. Int- I'm picturing a folder with like st- stuck on pictures of Uriah Rennie. And- <laughs> I love Hearts <laughs> and everything. Mike yeah. Dean on it. No, no. There's just a little stat. Yeah, yeah. Usual yeah. amount of uh, stats website in the bookmarks bar for for pre-game prep. Although, like I said to Charles before, I don't do any prep for our podcast. So the, the prep I do for actual radio commentary is very little as well. So, uh, in fact, I think the, the Northampton game on Saturday was the most <laughs> amount of prep I've done. First time ever I've actually looked into referee stats and what we've had. So I was actually quietly confident because, of course... Uh, Anthony Backhouse has got a history in Mansfield Northampton, hasn't he? Of course. So, uh, out of the three games we had him this season, we'd won all mm. three at home. So, mm. yeah, that's. Uh, I need to have a look at Mr. Med- Mr. Madley's uh, stats, but it doesn't matter, does it? Really? <laughs> so, all in jest, all in fun. Exactly right. Well, look, there you go. Time for a short break now. But when we return, we're going to be taking a look at Wednesday's second leg of the playoffs. Oh, exciting! Support the podcast on Patreon by joining the It's All Cobblers To Me fan club. Every month, you'll receive access to exclusive bonus content, such as our Meet the Staff series, hear our player interviews before anyone else, and be invited to regular meetups. By joining the fan club, you'll be helping us to continue our sponsorship of NTFC women's player Abby Bruin and enable us to keep the podcast and all our other content going to the high standards you expect. To join the fan club, go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me. Welcome back to It's All Cobblers to Me this week. Danny and I are joined by Craig Priest of Mansfield Matters. So obviously Mansfield take a one goal advantage into the second leg, Danny. How are you feeling about it? Pleased, Charles. Ooh. Just like Neil. Just like <laughs> no, Neil. No. <laughs> no, yeah. um, I'm okay. I'm okay because the job is basically the same, isn't it? If we'd have drawn the game, the job is still to go and win the game in 90 minutes. If yeah. we do that, we take it to extra time. Anything happens after that. So I think, as in mentality-wise, I'm really happy that we've got a situation now on Wednesday where we can pack six fields. It's going to be buzzing from the start. It's going to be one of those nights under the lights that hopefully we won't forget in a long time because it's going to be one where the fans are going to be up for it from the start. I think probably that late... the the most recent example is probably the Derby game in the cup mm-hmm. where everyone's just so up for it in a, on a night game. Um, I, I think we, if we score first, then momentum switches completely to us. I think 2-1 is not too bad a result considering we were 2-0 down and considering we've got Mansfield now could be a bit tricky in terms of how they approach it. Do they come and try and defend it? Do they come and try and like potentially leave themselves exposed? I think John Brady will be in a reasonably happy place. Uh, Hopefully we'll have some players back as well. Hope we'll obviously have Roberts back. Mm-hmm. If we can get Azam Azam Gaza back, that'd be a massive, massive bonus. I think. And Epi being fit back. enough to play the full night. Exactly. I, th- start, I, yeah. I think at the moment we've got to just put him on, and just it's a risk. But I think we've got to. It's a risk worth taking. Surely. It's worth taking. It's mm. la- it's potentially the last game, and if it gets to Wembley and he can't make it because of it, then 
you'd have to say so be it because it's all about getting there now. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's a, there's a what a ten or eleven day break between yeah, the second yeah, leg and break, the final. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, if it was a case of you know you've got you've got a long time to you know get him back. Yeah, to, yeah, exactly. to being fit if if that was the case. So yeah, yeah. I, I I take the risk. I mean, I I was thinking that. I'm I'm far happier now going into this game than I was at half time on Saturday night. Oh, yeah. Obviously, totally. I do feel like the momentum did switch. And yeah, I, I mean think... that, that's that that's the one thing, isn't it? Is that yeah? Should I mean are we going to look back maybe and think should we have scored while we were on top in that first leg? Would there were there were chances, uh, weren't there? I mean, Mills is Mills John is John nearly scored no goal, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> Mills, Mills Millsy not hitting the target with that header. Yeah, yeah, that, that's completely the wrong person in the wrong place. Yeah, <laughs> things, things like that. But we were on top, and you know, as much as Mansfield could have blown us away in the first half and put it out of sight, in the second half, I feel like we should have definitely have really gone and got an equaliser. I think yeah. the issue was, and we didn't mention it in the first half, but the issue was, I think Apare going off. With that injury, yeah, um, and that's that's another worry, isn't it? Because he's, mm. I mean, you throw all the Danny Rose things in you want about it being Mansfield, but it's it's not Apre, is he? And no. I thought Apre was superb again in the build up to the goal again. Mm-hmm. I thought he put himself about so much. He tried to make things happen. He makes it stick, and he needs to be fit for the second leg because. I don't know what we'd do up there with. Uh, we can't just we can't have ninety minutes of Danny Rose, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know whether he'd play Danny Rose. I wonder whether he'd start with either somebody else entirely. Maybe maybe Zimba. Um, yeah, it's just we. Or maybe he goes to a front three of Hoskins, Epier, and Pinnock. Possibly. Uh, you know, possibly. it's yeah. decisions, decisions, isn't it? Really. I mean, it's, it is one of those. I mean. It, I mean. What I'm hoping is is a precaution because he knew we've obviously got the second leg a few days later. I'm hoping it's just a, it's a knock. If if that's the last game of the season, for example, he probably he probably stays on. Yeah, Hope, I mean, he was anyway. sat on the bench with a what looked to be a bag of peas. No, it well, no, it wasn't. I mean, it may well have been. In fairness, I didn't get the greatest <laughs> look, but it looked like he was wearing one of those um, sort of knee protector like compression things do you know what i mean by that it's like a tubey grip but a fancy bandage a fancy bandage yeah <laughs> just say that yeah fa- <laughs> it was wearing a fancy bandage there you go done. Uh, but yeah I, but he was sat on the bench quite happily he didn't look like didn't look annoyed and dejected or anything like that as if it was season over and i'm really annoyed or anything mm. like that so Positive yeah. there, I think. Yeah, definitely. Um, um, but yeah, mm. hopefully having fit. If we if, if we can go out with a fully fit, it's probably unlikely. But if we can go out with a fully fit side, then I'll be confident. We've got to get it rocking. I think it will be. Like I think it's going to be one of those that people are going to be up for it beforehand. But if it's a two goal, then I think it would still be up. People will still be up for it because of the past experiences. But I think even more so now, now that we've come back from two down to get one mm. and and actually like saying that the character has been in question a lot this season about we had that ridiculous stat in the first half of how many like not coming from behind to win ever this season oh, I think it was at 12 games mm-hmm. we've gone behind in and Only lost 10 drew yeah. two um, so the character has been in question a lot we've questioned it a lot but they've come back and they've put in a hell of a they've, they've been actually quite brave I think second half to mm-hmm. go for it and to actually try and get back in the game um, and I think Speaking of the fans as well, the away fans were superb. 
the best of them. Like they at Orient, they were a couple of weeks ago. At Barrow, they were. Thank you. But yeah, <laughs> but um, on Saturday, I thought there was they were brilliant at two 0 down. Usually, our fans would be like, "Oh, for goodness sakes!" But I thought they were superb on Saturday, and I think that helped. Yeah, and I think that the fact that we know that it was only a quarter of the way through the tie, I think that's partly it. I think that as much as normally if we were 2-0 down at half-time, I do think we'd be pretty... We certainly wouldn't be as as loud and as you know supportive, let's say, uh, as, as they were on Saturday night, which, which was great. Um, a word for the Mansell fans, though, because, I mean, it takes two to, to create an atmosphere. And I, I thought... I mean, obviously helped by the fact that you'd gone 2-0 up relatively quickly and with ease. Um, but Phil Mill was was rocking, wasn't it, Craig? Yeah, it has been all season, to be fair. You, you know what? We, we, I've spoken about this quite a few times on our podcast. It's post-pandemic. It's the first season post-pandemic, and our fans in particular have really brought into that. It, we really, really missed it last year, being not being able to go, having to you know, watch it on the one-camera view on iFollow and... This season, fans are, are flocked in, and even from uh, the very first game, have been supportive and made as much noise as possible. And over the course of the campaign, the attendances have gone up, up, and up. And uh, especially at home, one of the, the biggest crowds that we've had. We've broken records left, right, and centre. And it's been on the same on the road as well. We've got a fantastic uh, uh, young lad who's a, the drummer for the club who really gets the atmosphere going up in Q Block. Really uh, drives that. It's got energy and enthusiasm to burn. All the all the lads in there are you know really big for, for getting the atmosphere going. And one thing which we've seen this year is even when we've gone behind in a game or when we've conceded and not been at our best, the fans have consistently been there and creating atmosphere. They haven't really dipped too much. Whereas in previous seasons, they'd let things like that affect them, and, and teams would exploit that. And I think it'll be the same on on Wednesday. We've sold out our allocation. We sold it out within a day, which was uh, which was brilliant. People are going to be flocking there. There won't be a single seat in the house. And I think, you know, mixed with the home fans again, again, your fans were great on, on Saturday. It made for some, some real good atmosphere. It'll be a tremendous electric atmosphere, whatever happens. And I think both sets of fans can be proud of the display which the teams have put on throughout this, this season to reward them, but also the way in which they've all come together to, to get behind the cause because every single player and, and coach and manager that I talk to says, and they're absolutely spot on, that a positive atmosphere does you know breathe into the dressing room and, and have its effect. So uh, you can certainly see it. And that's why the, the, the game was bouncing on Saturday. And no doubt it will be again on Wednesday. Yeah. Um, obviously, we talked, Danny, about potential of, well, we're pretty certain that Liam Roberts will be back in goal for us. There's the potential of Aaron McGowan coming back in, potentially Epi is starting, hopefully, Apare hopefully being fit to start as well. What about Mansfield, Craig? Would would you expect to see any changes to the team selection for the second leg? <sighs> expect it, no. Uh, want it, yes. Um, I think you were talking earlier, weren't you, about taking your players off with a little bit of precaution. Same with us with, with Stephen Quinn. We took him off you know, midway through the second half, very much, I think, with the second leg in, in mind. Nigel Clough will deny that, but I, I don't think he... He will, will have a case to. I think he definitely took him off with that in mind. Stephen McLaughlin, the left-back, who scooped pretty much every single award going at the club awards this week, would seem to be struggling in the, in the, uh, the second half as well a little bit. So uh, he's had a few injury knocks. be interesting to see how those two come out of it. Reese Oates has just come back for injury, although he looked the best he had done 
on Saturday in a long time. So that'll be interesting to see. But also, if Stephen Quinn isn't fit to start, that will worry me tremendously because there is a phrase which goes with Mansfield. I haven't got the exact stat to hand, but there's a phrase which goes with us and that is no Quinn, no win. I think we've only won two games without him, which says uh, a lot. He's a real influential player for us. He'll be the only uh, doubt, I think, uh, fitness-wise. McLaughlin may be, but I think he'll just play through it. Would I make changes? I would. I mean, I'm a big fan of James Perch. He's had a, a real difficult season mentally. Obviously, he looked at one point like his career was going to be over with the fractured school, which he got innocuously in, in training. Done superbly well to come back and now plays with that protective headband. Obviously got booked in the build-up to the uh, the goal, didn't he, on uh, on Saturday, where he sort of overcommitted a little bit, shall we say, in the opponent's halfway out position. <laughs> a little um, bit. <laughs> uh, just a little bit. Got a little bit over-enthusiastic for his boyhood club. Let's just go with that. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I think he struggled a little bit. And I think in, in the second leg, especially, we need to uh, just shore things up a little bit. I quite like him at centre-half. And I thought Ollie Hawkins had a decent game for us, actually, on, on Saturday. But prior to the final two games of the season... Prior to the Salford game, we'd played John Joe and, and Perchy at centre-half with Hewitt at right-back and Macker at left-back. Two clean sheets and it was the best defence I've seen all season. Two calm players at the heart of it and a strong, solid player down the right-hand side who can get forward, who's also got a long throw in his locker. I'd personally like to see us go to that back four and utilise Hawkins either on the bench or utilise him up front as another outlet because you're going to throw everything at us because... You know, you've, you've got to. You are a goal behind, even though my personal feelings are it feels like we are going into it. You'll throw everything at us. We need to deal with that at the back, but also we need to have a good outlet at the top. I think you'll try and bully Barry a little bit more and, and potentially figure out a way to, to mark it out of the game. So I think by throwing Hawkins up there and going a little bit more physical, it will give a different dynamic to you. So I think this is probably the biggest team selection for both managers to come. If you've got all your players fit, I think I'll be a little bit more uh, worried. As long as Stephen Quinn's on the team sheet for us, though, I'm a little bit more confident than what I would be because no Quinn, no win is definitely a thing and I don't want it to be a thing on uh, on Wednesday night. <laughs> OK, OK. I think that is going to... I think it's set it up nicely, that. I'll be honest with you. I mean, I, I, I just feel like... Uh, the nerves are there, Danny, obviously. They are. But I'm excited for it. I don't, yeah, I don't me too. You know, yeah. The, the, yeah, yeah. You know, sometimes you can go into the playoffs or or any kind of like the Barrow game, for example, last day of the season. I, I was the same. I was excited for it as much as I was nervous, and I just think this could be some game of football on Wednesday night that we're about to watch. Yeah, yeah. How many times have we sat there, having finished fourteenth, fifteenth, sixteenth, looking at the playoffs, and then being on TV and thinking, "Oh, I wish, I wish that was us playing in it." Mm. kind of thing like you, you want you want to live for these big moments as well you want to live for these big games because it doesn't come around that often that we're actually successful and we're, we're putting ourselves in a position to win these playoffs and to to have these big nights like you, this is what you want this is you want this kind of pressure you want these nerves you want this excitement you want this this moment on tv when you've you're in front of the world and you've you've got the, the pressures on you and People are messaging you all the time. who wouldn't usually message you about the cobbler saying, "Oh, you, you know, you're you're in this, blah blah blah." You, you want to be in the spotlight as a football fan. You want you want these big occasions. And as as nervous as it will be on Wednesday, it will still be something to get excited for. Um, I'm yeah, I'm excited to to just be a part of that atmosphere. I think it's going to be fun. 
up until seven forty-five when the ball's kicked, and then yeah, <laughs> I'm going to be absolutely. I'll be screaming for the full-time everything. whistle as soon as he um, starts the game, like I was. Yeah, 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 yeah no, that's it. Hold the ref, hold the ref, hold the ref, come on, hold him. Yeah. Oh, cracking! Right, well, look, oh, and we still got a bit of time left here, but I'm going to go to predictions now because I just think that. I mean, first of all, uh, you know, whatever I say, we know isn't going to happen, right? So, <laughs> so if you say Northampton win, I'll pay you twenty quid. Yeah, twenty quid. <laughs> well, you say you're you're saying Put you know a couple of zeros on, mate. <laughs> <laughs> what my wages, mate? Not a chance. <laughs> <laughs> How about twenty no, quid in the mug? That... <laughs> now I'm, I'm anyone's for a mug. That's me. Uh, um, no, I, I, I genuinely think that this is going to be so tight. I, I think we'll win the the ninety minutes one nil, and I think I, I, I can see it going all the way. So it's going to be tight, isn't it? It's going to be that tight. So uh, I'm not, I'm not going to go any further than that. I, I think we'll win the 90 minutes 1-0, which will be obviously two all in aggregate. And then it's extra time and anything anything at all can happen in extra time. Aliens could land. Honestly, <laughs> anything could happen. Um, Danny, have you yes. got a prediction? Obviously, oh, we, we haven't done this, have we? Um, I did write it earlier on in the running order, but I didn't say it. Wednesday, Sixfields, 7.45. 7.45. Um, I don't want to, Charles. I, I don't said want that to. the other day. Um, you made me <laughs> <laughs> payback. <laughs> I, I don't. I've got. I've got. To, I've got to predict us to. I've got to go for. I've got to think. We're going to do it. I've, I think two nil. I think we're going to score early, get them rattled, and then there's going to be a booking, Charles. All right. Okay. Yeah. It's going to be a booking for Samuel Tobias Hoskins oh. in the middle of the park. Oh. We're going to take the free kick. He's going to foul someone else. He should be booked again, but the referee, Bobby Madley, says, nah, I don't want to book him. <laughs> that one surprised me. It's League 2. Sam ref. Hoskins is going to score the second goal. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, well, that, exactly. That, incidentally, that, ha- that actually stopped us getting third in the second game from the end against Salford because their lad, Matty Lund, should have been sent off. So uh, it's happened before to, to Mansfield. So, you know, yeah, that's not no, beyond the realms of possibility. Not nice, is it? Fair. No, it's not. It's horrible. It's not. It's not, not nice. Uh, Tom Curtis. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, Sam Hoskins yeah. with the winning goal. Colin Larkin with that fifth penalty. There we go. Oh, Colin, Colin Larkin got a mention two podcasts in a row. And Yeah, uh, what is going on? Get, we need to get him on now. Crikey. Yeah, we'll have to get him on. 2-0, um, um, Charles. 2-0. Craig, come on then. What's your prediction? I know you're biting your nails already. Yeah. What are you going to say for it, though? I think you you're, you guys aren't too far wrong. I mean, obviously, I'm going to back Mansfield to, to get through to Wembley. I have to because Mansfield matters. Of course it does. Um, get the brand in. Uh, but um, I think get that in it's, going to, it's, it's going to be a tight game. I think if you guys score first, we're going to struggle. We really do suffer when we don't uh, when we concede first. We really do struggle to get back in the game. I think it's going to be a nervy one-all draw. I think you guys will score first. It'll be heading towards extra time. There'll be a corner. It'll be swung in. Nathan Bishop will think about running upfield. Then Clough will shout like so loud, obscene words at him that the Sky Sports commentators <laughs> and every commentator on the ground will have to apologise for bad language. 
that it'll come for John Joe O'Toole, it'll fall from a half a yard from goal, it'll hit his boot, it'll go in, and it'll sprint down the other end of the pitch to the Mansfield fans, top off, whipping it round his head, and there'll be a T-shirt underneath says, which says, I never liked caravans. Oh, <laughs> oh no! If we want any more motivation for that for Wednesday, I mean, yeah. I'm going I'm to be honest. I think you should probably edit that out. And what you should do is you put should put this prediction because I was absolutely <laughs> spot on on Saturday. There will be 11 players on both sides. I'll just go with that. I was right on Saturday. I'll just go with that. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. There's something in the mailbag, Charles. If you want, the, if you want, is there the post bag? Sorry. Is there? You want to go bag. to the post bag? Little, little letter in the last minute. It looks oh, like. Oh, okay. Hang on one second. Daniel Darwood. Oh, hang on, hang on one second. It's time to read your letters out, but things have changed, so listen out. If you want to write about Northampton Town, you'll need to write this next bit down. Just have a rant, or just some fun, at podcast at cobblers2me.com. No matter if we lose or win, send us your thoughts. Come on, get them in. Go on then, Danny. Um, uh, yes, uh, Daniel Darwood writes, Dear on, Neil, uh, Dear Neil's Postbag, hope mm. you're well. Very well, Dan, very well. Um, not questioning as such, but I just want to say that Sky Sports' obvious bias, perceived by me, towards Mansfield and fawning over them as if they were playing football to the same standard as Liverpool and Man City, has really galvanised me. We need to show them up in the second leg like we did in the second half. Come on, cobblers, have them. Can, can, you, just regards, read, Dan. can, can you just read that G word again? I've got, I've got a little, little itch, the G word in there. A galvanised. <laughs> got to ring the podcast bell when you say galvanised. It's David Flickcross' favourite word. I can't go on any podcast <laughs> galvanised without without ringing the bell. What happens if we say fundamentals? And it's that no, 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 no. Any jigsaws? Puzzles? No, no, puzzles. no. And again, no. and again, and again, and again, and again. It's just a Keith Carlyle. <laughs> <laughs> Keith Carlyle bingo. Yes, that, that's the place. Keith Carlyle bingo here on Wednesday night on Twitter. Come on, yes. everybody. Uh, Charles, I want to mention as well. Mm. Um, NTFC Women Development Team won the League Cup. Oh, congratulations. On penalties. Yes. Yes. Penalties. It's all the trophies are coming our way in the women's game, Charles. Mate, they're just unbelievably good. It's yeah. it's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. And I love every single one of them for being absolutely brilliant at football. Yes. It's it, it's it's brilliant. Honestly, it's brilliant. And look out on our social media. If you've not seen it already, there is a special message to NTFC women oh, all yes. involved there from the one, the only, Karen Carney. Go check it out at Cobblers to me on the Twitter and on the Facebook. You'll see that wonderful message that I got uh, from Karen uh, the other day. And um, I'll then tell you next week when I'm allowed to about how I met Karen Carney, (laughs) because I can't do it right now. And it's really annoying. I really want to tell you everything, but I can't. Uh, so next week's either going to be the the Bayos or... I've got two names for you, Danny. Yeah. Emil Heskey. Yes. And Colin Hill. Get them, get them both in. Colin Hill will do a good job at right back. Emil Heskey can replace Apare. Get them in. Did you sign them up? Um, Charles, as well, Mm. before we go, I've got to mention, because this is our last chance to, potentially, unless there's something that happens on Wednesday that forces us into a live show. Um, (laughs) Friday, we're going to be hosting the uh, Wembley 97 reunion. Of course. At Sixfields, which could be awkward, but it could be brilliant. 
It's going. Well, it will be brilliant, but it could be a little it. bit awkward. It's going to be amazing. Yes, but two days after the playoff semi-final, we are hosting the uh, class of '97. A Q and A. Who knows what questions will be asked, Charles? Who knows? Who knows? Is somebody going to have a go at Andy Woodman and Billy Turley? Do we think? I, 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 well, it depends whether Woody's going to be there. We don't know who's actually going to make it. Yeah, Get I mean. In. You know, there's 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 quite a few of them definitely definitely coming, but there's also a few of them that might have things like cup finals to attend to that mm. they're not quite sure whether they'll get there or not. But anyway, corridors, corridors to be named, corridors after. to be named after. Yes, that is quite right, Danny. Quite right indeed. Um, go to ntfc.co.uk. All the details are there. Uh, tickets are five pounds, I believe. That's it. That's that's worth it just to watch us make tits of ourselves. Absolutely. To be fair, absolutely is Danny. You are quite right. <laughs> uh, that's it for this episode of It's All Cobblers for me. Thanks for listening, as you always always have done all the way through the season. If you enjoy the podcast and you want to help us to keep making episodes and you just fancy supporting us, then we'd be really grateful. You can join the fan club on Patreon where you'll get access to even more podcasts and our community on Slack. To sign up, just go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me. It starts from £2 a month. It's not an awful lot. We love you forever. Everybody has an amazing time in the Slack. The community that we've built is second to none. If you want to join it, patreon.com forward slash cobbers to me. Thank you, Danny. Thank you. Thank you, Craig. No problem. Thanks, as always, for having me on. Yeah, I'm just looking forward to looking forward to uh looking forward to Wednesday. Enjoy it. I look forward to meeting you hopefully on Wednesday as well. Yeah, I'll come up and I'll come up and boo say you. <laughs> we'll come yeah, and boo, boo you. you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Come boo in your face. <laughs> Whatever happens, Cobblers fans, let's get right behind the team on Wednesday night. Let's hope that the next time you press play on an episode of It's All Cobblers to Me, we're on our way to Wembley. Way! There's the cup. There's the pictures you'll see on tomorrow's back pages. The Cobblers are going through into Division 1. Bring them on because we deserve it. This podcast is a proud member of the Fan Hub 100. Football without fans is nothing. Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.